One of my goals with the Secret Podcast is to make the supernatural more natural and the paranormal more normal. These are events and occurrences that happen as a part of our natural and normal everyday lives. We've just been conditioned to ignore them and deny their existence. Well, it's time to undo that conditioning. I'm proud to announce that Ray Davis and I of Sixth Sense Media have created our own Sixth Sense Media clothing line. We can't always go up to somebody and say, hey, what do you think about disclosure and UFOs and aliens on the earth? But you can wear one of our Disclosure Now t-shirts and get people's attention. Start the conversation or connect with another like-minded person who sees your shirt. If you're a truth seeker or someone looking to enact positive change in the world, why not wear it with pride? Connect with other like-minded truth seekers and become the change you want to be and see in this world. Visit SixthSenseMedia.net, click on the store tab, and become the change you were born to inspire. Visit SixthSenseMedia.net, click on the store. Welcome to Truth Seekers. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. But there's something wrong in the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. Hello, friends, and welcome to The Seeker Podcast with Sixth Sense Media. It's the show that challenges reality, questions at which we've been taught in hopes of inspiring new direction of thought to bring about change making the paranormal feel quite normal and the supernatural quite natural. That's exactly what I aim to do once again on this episode of The Secret Podcast. Big show, great stories in the news, and uh, UFO stuff documents have been leaked, looking like some more evidence giving credibility to things like Colonel Corso's book and the Roswell crash and the alien autopsy video. This is huge big information coming out what does it mean i'm going to dissect some of it uh on the show this evening today is sunday june 16th i'm a little late getting this out i wanted to do it yesterday but uh, i ended up connecting with a friend uh instead of coming home to do my show and and uh enjoyed myself last evening so uh you know my apologies for the delay but the show goes on i have some big news personally does anybody know what this sound is guess those that follow me sorry that was really loud that is the sound of my book i am beyond excited i have it i'm holding it in my hands i am human food for the archons humanity's psychic connections simulated realities parallel worlds and the manipulation of mankind i am holding the proof i'm gonna give a little bit of a plug here for it i am not apologizing for this we live in a simulated reality that exists within multiple layers of simulations we're all connected to this universe via an electromagnetic field that allows for psychic communication healing and the acquisition of knowledge due to our ignorance of this connection we're being manipulated through this field to produce suffering which serves as a source of energetic nourishment for an unseen parasite knowledge of this field and our connection to it can lead us to liberation and a reduction of suffering on this planet. 
This one's for you, Dad. Uh, I'm beyond excited. This book, really, it explores... I've always been trying to think, of how do I explain what this book is about? Um, you know, And if you listen to the show, you, you guys probably already understand that, uh, my fellow truth seekers out there. But this book explores the potential of human consciousness to perceive or receive information beyond the five senses via an electromagnetic field that is generated by the heart. And it also looks at the manipulation of humanity via that electromagnetic field to influence things like human behavior, human thought, and human emotion. So it's a uh, it's an exciting story to share with all of you. Connects a lot of dots. And I think it it is the tool that we need, that we can use to... For the truth seeker out there, I, I don't want to claim that I have answers because I, I don't. This is my journey coupled with research of other experiencers and scientists alike to try to piece things together to give us a, a wider or broader perspective into what this reality may be. I hope that it, it opens our minds a little bit more in seeing things through through my eyes um, and giving some peace and knowing that there's something scary out there, but there's also something incredibly empowering about us. Um, and that was my journey. I was terrified when I started writing it. And through my research, I really, I'm telling you, I started writing this book basically to say we are all screwed. And I just want to say it because my father died during this um, or because of some of this. And I was just kind of my big F you to whatever's out there and in the process i ended up just finding so much empowerment and this show the seeker podcast really i started this show to build a platform to promote this book uh and i'm so proud that this show has transcended this book regardless of what happens with this book this show will continue because this show is is so much more um and i'm so thankful for that but I will be putting it out this summer. Uh, I haven't set the date yet, but I'm hoping sometime in July there will be lots of promos. Uh, really, sign up for the secret newsletter. You get to read book one for free. I'm human. We're not who we think we are. I've plugged the hell out of it. If you haven't done it already, now's the time to do it because you're going to start hearing about all the opportunities I will have to get yourself a copy. I'll have some advanced copies coming out. I'll have options for signed copies. Um, sign up for the secret newsletter. I, I can't trust social media, although I am promoting it on there. Uh, and I started doing, sorry guys for the long self plug, but this is big news to me. Uh, and I started doing a YouTube, um, you know, almost every day, the secret journal where I'm talking not just about the book, um, but about relevant things to the content of this book. It's not just self-promotion for five minutes a day on YouTube. It's If you find the podcast valuable and entertaining, you will find the Secret Journal uh, informative and entertaining as well. I'm having a lot of fun with that. So I'll have links to that uh, in the Secret Newsletter as well. I'll have that out. I don't know. It's already 8 o'clock. I'll have it out, if not tonight, tomorrow morning. So uh, look for that. And please... This is where I'm really going to start asking you guys. Please don't get frustrated with me, but I am going to start asking you guys to start sharing some stuff uh, in a major way. This project is important to me, and um, I think to everybody out there that's ever been on this journey, if there's ever anything I'd ask you to share, it will be the links to this book. Um, 
So that's that's all I'm going to say about that. I'm excited about it. I want to thank each and every one of you out there who consistently listens to the show, who has reached out and tell me how excited you are for this book. Uh, I don't think it will disappoint you at all, and I'm I'm proud to share it with all of you. And and I mean it. There were times when I wanted to give up, and those of you out there would reach out and just tell me something I said or something I wrote connected with you, and it gave me the courage and the motivation to keep pushing on. So uh, part of this is is for all of you out there as well. So thank you. Uh, and then just a shout out to my dad today being June 16th and also Father's Day, uh, the exact scenario of when my father died and went through all of this. None of this would have been possible if it wasn't for him and his suffering and his sacrifice, because that's what ignited the fury within me to uh, to go through this process and share not just his story, but also my own. And uh, so I miss you, Dad, and I love you. I'm staring at a picture of him right now, smiling at me. And, um, you know, this one's for you. And to all the dads out there, happy Father's Day. Uh, today is, is a day that I honor my father. Um, I don't reflect on the sad thing that happened that day. I will not give it that energy. So I love you, Dad, and uh, thanks for the great memories. All right, let's move on. Let's uh, Enough of uh, talking about myself, although we all know I could do that forever. <clears throat> Some stories in the news here. <coughs> Forgive me. This one comes to us from ZDNet.com. I've never been to this website before, but... It's about the tech industry here. The Internet of Things enables a floating city of pleasure and a vision of hell. Carnival has equipped three of its cruise ships with a slew of wireless technologies aimed at enhancing the passenger experience. I want to be quite clear with the importance of this article. This cruise ship represents the future of where society is going. You need to go read this article to understand where society is going. When I first started doing the show, my stance was one of rejection of this technology. Through contacts I've made and things that I've learned, I this is this is tough for me to say. I, I don't know that rejection is the safest or smartest way to go. What I what I recommend right now is make your own decision. Learn as much as you can about this technology, how it operates, and how you need to integrate it, integrate yourself with it to function within society, but also keep what you want to keep private separate from that technology. Does that make sense? But we're looking at constant surveillance and the gathering of data and information about just about everything. And that's very concerning. Make no mistake about it. Um, we need to be aware of it because it's being rolled out in a way that is fun and exciting and convenient. And as we are accepting this technology into our lives, we are giving up our privacy. And we need to understand the consequences of that. I've got something so simple. I have a new car and uh, I love my new car. I've got the, and, and I'm years behind with this, I, I've got the keyless entry the keyless start i just got to have the little key in my back pocket it's not even a key it's just a like an rfid remote <clears throat> and uh i love it i think it's so cool just walking up and, and touching the little button on the door and the door is unlocked and not having to put a key in but there's a whole bunch of tech that comes with that and, and 
That's what we're looking at, is having to carry these devices around that have the ability to track our movements, much like our cell phones that we do already, but because it's so convenient, we willingly do it. Everything's going to be tracked. Um, and we need to know how to function within that society and be oh, find a way to be okay with, with that. Um, I don't know what more to say right now on that. Just find, understand what you don't want put out there and find a way to exist uh, with this because it's coming. <clears throat> I should say it's, it's here in a lot of ways and it's coming in a major way. All right, I'm rambling here. Let me read a little bit about this article. This was written by, who's the art? Tom Framsky, and this was uh, dated June 4th, 2019. It sounds like he was on the, I'm going to skip through some of this, but he was recently invited on the Royal Princess cruise ship in San Francisco to see what Carnival is calling the largest Internet of, Internet of Things deployment and how it and other wireless technologies such as passenger location improve the cruise experience. Make no mistake about it, Internet of Things you should think of as the secret spy network that's embedded everywhere. That's what the Internet of Things is. Um, so basically it says, every passenger carries a wireless Bluetooth and NFC-enabled medallion about the size of a fat 25-cent coin. Through a massive network of sensors and edge computing devices, the medallion controls the opening and closing of cabin doors, ordering drinks, delivery of food, and other services. And in emergencies, it ensures no one is left behind. <clears throat> so basically, this medallion interacts with sensors everywhere on the ship you come to your door much like my keyless entry to my vehicle and it unlocks the doors for you it lets room service know when you're not in your room so they don't have to knock on the door and potentially disturb you because they know the room is unoccupied the captain can track your location at all times you have the ability to hide your location from other guests or you can make it known so other people can find you and track you down as well but your location will never be hidden from the captain on the ship they always will know where you are hey it's a great safety feature if you go overboard we will get an alert and we will see uh, that you have been left behind or if we come to port we will know once everybody has boarded the ship or if you have not so there are a lot of obvious benefits from it from a management standpoint from an administration standpoint from a government and control standpoint think about that the medallion equals your cell phone always knowing where you are what you're doing as we combine this with the cryptocurrencies that we're seeing coming online because that's going to be your ability to pay and interact with the things around you um it's just a massive data collection management everything everything this is this is a preview of what's coming so i want you to go and, and read that article i'll have it in the show notes and at six cents next article this is from yahoo news uber eyes drones for food delivery unfails new autonomous car now last week i talked about the article where amazon was unveiling its drone uh, to go deliver small items and I talked about the connections between autonomy AI and drones this this whole race slash fleet of AI machines <clears throat> That may have their own sentience. I can't ever say that word that may have their own sentience their own consciousness um, And they're gonna be they're gonna be the slave race for starters not in the end, but in, as, as a start, they're going to start out as our servants and our slaves. Uh, so now they're saying here, Uber said Wednesday it plans to speed up restaurant meal delivery by using drones for its Uber Eats service in the latest effort by the ride-hailing giant to disrupt the transport sector. 
At its Uber Ele- uh, Elevate Summit, the company said it had regulatory approval to begin tests of delivering food by drone in the region of San Diego, California. Our goal is to expand Uber Eats drone delivery so we can provide more options to more people at the tap of a button, said Luke Fisher, head of flight operations at Uber Elevate. We believe that Uber is uniquely positioned to take on this challenge as we're able to leverage the Uber Eats network of restaurant partners and delivery partners as well as the aviation experience and technology of Uber Elevate. Look, this sounds wonderful, right? I want some food. It'll be here within 15 minutes. Uh, Again, let's look at everything else. This is going to take a lot of jobs away. We are looking at the, um, is disillusion the right word? The removal of a ton of jobs right now um, from the job sector due to automation. Now transportation is going away. So you're going to lose all your drive, your, your bus drivers, your truck drivers, your delivery drivers. They're going. Food delivery service, people that work for restaurants, that's going away as well as this starts to come online. Let's look beyond that at the technology here. You have drones that will someday be autonomous. You go on your little phone, you say, I want a cheesesteak. You pay for it with your cryptocurrency uh, into your phone. You're already geolocated. So no matter where you are, they're going to know where you are. The food will probably be prepared by some autonomous uh, machine as well, and they will fly it right out to you. That sounds great, right? Doesn't it? Yes. But now let's look at the other sector. How will this be weaponized? If you need to have your location tracking device on you at all times in order to function within society, and you are a wanted person, whether legitimately or not, whoever is in control of these drones will have a very unique unique way of finding you, especially if these drones become armed. So on the surface, yes, this seems great. This seems convenient, but there's a lot of potential for abuse. And, and let's look at the military operations, uh, military aspects of that as well. All is fine and good if they're targeting your enemy. What happens if you become that enemy? Some serious concerns there. All right, here we go again. I talked about this again. I don't know if it was last week uh, uh, or not, but top, this is from sfgate.com. Top AI researchers race to detect deepfake videos we are outgunned. I don't. Was this last week? One, last couple of weeks, I talked about them making these fake videos where it, you can take any person and make it look like they're saying whatever you want them to say. Top AI researchers across the country are racing to defuse an extraordinary political weapon: computer-generated fake videos that could undermine candidates and mislead voters during the 2020 presidential campaign. I go into this in my book, Food for the Archons. No, it's not a shameless plug. They're they're claiming that. By the next election, which is what, a year away now? By the next election, with AI, uh, data mining, uh, meta, everything out there, they are going to have the ability to craft fake news stories. And they're going to be able to do it through things like video as well, to make a political candidate look like they're saying something that they never actually said. And they're going to be able to, now with AI in there and these learning algorithms and machine learning, they're going to know because of your interactions on social media and on internet searches and just playing with your phone, they're going to know your likes, your dislikes, your fears. You want to throw location tracking into that. They're going to know what places you affiliate it with. They're going to know all, they already know all of your trigger points. This is a way to drive a population to do a certain Action, activity, i.e. vote or make a choice. It's social engineering is what it is. It's a 
beautifully crafted system. Uh, it's it's a sheer work of genius. Um, what they have here, and again, this is it, combine this with the Internet of Things cruise ship uh, and the drones. I mean, think about this. This is this is in insane this is the world not that we're going to this is the world we practically live in right now so again uh what do we do about this well identify your trusted news sources the seeker podcast can be one of them um start doing that inner work focus on your intuition so when you look at a story you can have that internal compass that says does this feel right does this not feel right that needs to be your first line of defense and i i can't say it enough you you and your group whatever whoever you care about and is in your social circle start learning remote viewing and understanding the ins and outs of that and and learn ways to evaluate things that may be of interest now of course you have to have a team that understands tasking and making sure you're blind to targets and stuff i can't promote remote viewing enough um I think that's an incredibly powerful tool for us moving forward to make decisions in the age of oversaturation of information and disinformation. It's not the end-all, be-all, but it's a great tool to use to put holistically with the other data that you're receiving. All right, here we go. This one's interesting here. <clears throat> in Psychology Today, Sex Robots and the end of civilization. Now, I've talked about this previously. Now, here's somebody, uh, Glenn Gehrer, PhD. Um, he's looking at some interesting data. The uh, you know, he, he opens it up. He says, imagine this, a totally realistic robot of your own design that is capable of fully carrying out any sex act that you can dream up. It looks, smells, and sounds incredibly realistic, and state-sponsored uh, insurance paid for her in full. In effect, she was free, prescribed by your physician, to help with your status as officially sexually dysfunctional. Recent federal legislation supported overwhelmingly by a male majority in the House and Senate has made this kind of medical prescription perfectly legal. Okay, so um, really interesting read. He talks about sex robots as a supernormal stimuli, and he goes in to explain supernormal stimuli, uh, which we use through marketing to sell a ton of different things. Number one being, you know, that that Big Mac cheeseburger from the favorite fast food restaurant you want to go to has a um, unnatural amount of fats and, and sugars and salts in there that overstimulate your senses. Um, women are portrayed sexually in the in a porno industry is what he's talking about here um, in a certain way that's going to overstimulate your senses, your perceptions. Now these robots are going to again over stimulate people who purchase them who use them um you know basically what he's claiming it's going to be the most incredible sex you've ever experienced with these sex robots because that's what they're made for so what consequences do we have of that he talks about uh he's quoting a, a woman uh what's her name her last name is Br brandon and he says she pointed out what is her credentials here uh, it's in the article. You have to go back and read it. I don't want to. I don't want to pause here and goof it up. But go back and read the article. Um, but she pointed out several potential problems that may well come along with the robots for the ride. These problems all make sense when we think of our evolved relationship psychology. Men already disproportionately represented as consumers of pornography will likely be overrepresented as consumers of sex robots. Within committed relationships, 
Sexual interactions, which are apparently already on a nationwide decline, are likely to drop further. Intimacy in relationships, which strongly maps onto both quantity and quality of sexual interactions within mateships, is likely to drop in quality as well. The prevalence of marriage and birth rates may well see declining numbers. Motivation for people to work on relationship problems within mateships will be naturally reduced. This is going to change. We may be possibly looking at another tool to degrade or end the human family as we know it. Something I don't usually talk about, listen to David Icke talk about it today, uh, was the transgender agenda. Basically to be rid of all sexual identities and and this could change the breeding habits, the breeding processes, could make breeding eventually a controlled thing through who is ever in control of society because these robots will further disassociate us from what we now know as the norm because we will receive all the sexual pleasures that we want from our robots in addition they're connected to an ai so they can stimulate all the conversation that's geared right towards your personal likes and dislikes it's your it's your personal slave that's designed to serve and please you in every way imaginable without having to put the work into it now what is lost in that there is something gained from the ups and downs of a relationship and that and to include the physical intimacy that we receive in a relationship as well there's a bonding aspect that happens there and there is an energetic exchange between people in a sexual intimate relationship what would we be losing by engaging in that with a robot an ai we may be losing part of our humanity consequences that we need to think about i encourage you to go read the rest of this article in psychology today um again this the the internet of things ai everything our society is changing at a rapid rapid pace we need to find a way to function and thrive because that change is coming and i don't think locking yourself in a cabin in the woods will allow you to thrive you may survive it but you won't be able to interact with society i don't have the exact answer yet but the more you know about this and the other stuff i talk about in terms of intuition and, and psychic stuff i think will help better prepare you for this transition that's already happening okay excuse me let's talk about let's talk about ufos this is is coming out um i don't even know where where do i begin first of all if this is a new subject to you if you're new to the show go to sixcentsme.net go to soundcloud look for the playlist i have a ufo disclosure playlist and it's got of modern day um, disclosure efforts going back to 2016 tracking this story with my analysis and other data that i'm pulling into it it's it's great content um, if you really want to know what's going on we've had more i'll say quote leaks of documents that are a very big deal now i'm not up on all of the names but it was a former dia director his name i'll get to in a minute 
um, talking about his experience, his connection, uh, and then how Putoff, who you know is the founder of the RV Remote Viewing Program and currently working at the To The Stars Academy. Um, there's some big names in here. And what these documents do, if they are legitimate, okay, if these documents are legitimate, and I'll talk about that in a minute, and right now, the chatter seems to be pointing to these documents are the real deal. If they're legitimate, it confirms at least a few things here. Number one, the alien autopsy video was real. Number two, Colonel Corso, author of Day After Roswell, was telling the truth. Number three, Dr. Greer may be correct in saying that there is a secret organization that operates outside the realm of government that has back-engineered these craft. And the secret space program may in fact be something very real. This is huge. This is huge. I, I think it should be making major headlines all around the world. Obviously, it's not. But I don't think that's part of the plan at this stage in the game. So there's an interesting article, an informative article by Richard Dolan dated June 9th, 2019. He's calling the most, the most significant leak of UFO-related documents in many years. Um, and he goes through, he's calling the Admiral Wilson documents. Admiral Wilson, um, he, he identifies him. A long distinguished career in the U.S. Navy. He was director of the Defense Intelligence Agency from 1999 until 2002. And prior to that, served as Director of Intelligence for the Joint Chiefs of Staff and Deputy Director of Intelligence for the Joint Chiefs of Staff. It's known as J-2, and Wilson held that from 1997 to 1999. He's a big deal. Uh, and, and some other names that come out in here. Let me just read the rest of this. Uh, the basics of what I'm talking about to tell you I have been known by a few researchers for many years, including myself. Many of us have discussed this series of events repeatedly, but until now... We haven't had the documents to prove it. I've been talking about this since I first learned about it in 2007. Others like Stephen Greer and the late Apollo astronaut Edgar Mitchell also made many statements direct and indirect about it. More recently, the researcher Grant Cameron has, and even more recently, the attorney Michael Hall. Indeed, an excellent chronology of all our statements was recently put together by Juliano Markovich here. Uh, I don't know if it's complete, but it might be. It's certainly very thorough. So there's a link there for you to check out. Um, what are we talking about? And again, I'm reading from Richard Dolan's notes here, or article here. These are notes by Dr. Eric Davis from October 16th, 2002. Who is Eric Davis? He's a scientist, but surely qualifies as a very interesting scientist. For many years during the 1990s, he was a member of the National Institute for Discovery Sciences, which of course was owned by billionaire Robert Bigelow. Robert Bigelow is the owner of Skinwalker Ranch. If you haven't gone down that rabbit hole, I highly recommend you do that and understand what's going on there. Robert Bigelow, I believe, is also connected to George Knapp. And uh, then, you know, obviously there's connections there to Colonel Corso. Um, George Knapp's connected to Bob Lazar. George Knapp's connected to um, the To The Stars Academy. I mean, there's a lot of uh, interesting connections here with this, uh, this group here. <clears throat> so anyway... Uh, NIDS was a very important organization back then and brought scientific rigor to many interesting areas of research connected to UFOs and beyond. 
Mystery of the Black Triangles, for instance, and most famously the Skinwalker Ranch in Utah, something Davis was very much involved in studying. Davis is also a close associate of Dr. Hal Putoff, who owns the scientific company EarthTech. Dr. Putoff, of course, has an extensive career in science and the world of intelligence. Along with Russell Targ, he developed the protocols for America's classified remote viewing program in the 1970s and 80s. He's an expert on zero-point energy and what is called space-time metric engineering. Think about that for a moment. And he also has worked closely with Bigelow on a number of occasions. Plus, of course, he's an integral member of the To The Stars Academy. I'll put off as someone I've known for many years, and I have said it over and over again that he is someone who has always quietly been trying to help the cause of UFO disclosure. These are major credentialed players. UFO conversations are no longer in the realm of fringe. We now have a growing body of evidence of credible officials and scientists working on this situation. Uh, let's see. Dolan continues. In my own judgment, and I'm surely not alone in this, Davis and Putoff are currently engaging in some of the most important scientific research related to UFOs in terms of their work on the now famous artifact from alleged UFO, which contains what's known as the metamaterial and possesses incredible properties. I've discussed this elsewhere, so more on that at another time. The bottom line is that Eric Davis is not just any scientist, but a scientist with a deep appreciation and solid scientific approach to certain areas of the fringe. And through his association with people like Bigelow and Putoff, he clearly has been able to have access to, at least from time to time, to powerful individuals like Admiral Thomas Wilson. These notes then, 15 pages in all, and included, I'll have the links to this. Um, it's the aftermath of a meeting he had with Wilson in October 2002. They concern a series of events that took place during the spring of 1997, when Wilson was Deputy Director of Intelligence for the Joint Chiefs of Staff. What took place during this meeting was a discussion of very great importance concerned nothing less than a confirmation of the existence of deeply classified programs to study alien technology, that is, extraterrestrial aliens, their craft and technology. As everyone knows, claims and more claims have been made over many years regarding this. I've discussed it countless times, and so have many other researchers. But these leaked documents, while not the first leaked documents to offer such a claim, are the most compelling. All right. This is what let's let's get into these documents here. <clears throat> now I, I want to say this first. I, I looked at the notes from from Eric Davis. And where are they here? What's interesting about these notes is that they're basically a transcription of their conversations that he's had. I'm going to play devil's advocate here because that's what I do. I'm not saying I don't believe them, but right now I'm going to take the stance that I'm trying to disprove that this is real. These are pretty detailed memories here. Uh, even if he wrote these notes down immediately after the meeting, he's transcribing conversation. This reads like a book. Um, so maybe he recorded the conversation and then had someone transcribe them. If that's what happened, then 
I have no questions. I have no, I don't want to say I have no questions, but I get it. it. It makes sense to have this level of accuracy to recall a conversation. But if he didn't record them, then this raises somewhat of a red flag for me. And I think that's an important question that needs to be asked. Why are these notes so detailed? because it reads as if the conversation was recorded. And maybe I missed that, maybe I haven't found it yet, but that's one important question. The other thing that concerns me is they're calling them alien. And now that's being stated more and more. I know, I, I, Dennis, you've done shows saying they're not saying they're extraterrestrial. Yes. They haven't until now. Um... Something about that doesn't sit right with me, and that's just my gut. That's my intuition. I don't know why. I, I, I worry that we're being deceived. That they want us to believe that these things are alien, and there's something else going on here. I don't know what that is. I, I don't know. Now, Dr. Greer talks about the PLFs, the program life forms, who he says are the grades that are responsible for these alien abductions. Uh, and they kind of mention something about that loosely in here, but I, I I don't know I don't know what they are yet, and I don't want to jump to the conclusion and say that they're alien. In my opinion, and here they talk about them being UFO, extraterrestrial, alien. But we I, here's the thing: how do we know? How do we know that these beings are alien other than someone told us? Even these beings themselves, they told so-and-so during an encounter that they're from this planet or they're from somewhere else. Beyond the evidence of testimony, what evidence do we have that these things are alien? What, they don't look like us? Does that make them alien? No, not at all. And that's my concern, and that might be a dangerous question to ask. But what information, what proof do we really have? We don't have any proof right now. But what, really, what evidence do we have that really proves that they're alien? Because someone official says that they're alien? I don't know. I, I don't want to hammer that point too much. But these are the questions we need to be asking. All right, so let's go through some of this. I wish I, I went. I highlighted. I started highlighting halfway through this, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be skimming through this. Um, so this is Eric Davis's meeting with Admiral Wilson, 10-16-2002. Uh, and forgive me as I skim through. They're talking about... You know what, I'm going to go to the things I highlighted that are, I think are important. Just forgive me as I'm scrolling here. There's, there's a ton of content here. I was talking with, uh, with a friend of mine... Um, a well-connected, a, a well, somebody who's studied this for a very long time, very knowledgeable. We're going to try to put a podcast together. I don't know if it will be on, if I'll be able to air it on this platform or on the crypto viewing platform. I, I'm waiting for an answer on that and clearance on that. Um, but I will share what I can with that conversation here with, with all of you, uh, as well. So, Admiral Wilson was speaking with Mr. Davis here and saying how he tried to gain access to the this alien UFO stuff. 
and he said he went to a meeting and he said that after an episode of formal agreement was struck with Pentagon people to prevent this in the future, they didn't want to repeat. Okay, so th this organization was almost compromised. This organization um, embedded within the government, but also operates outside of the government through a funding issue. The money was traced back to them and an investigator was pressing them for it and almost blew the whole operation out of the water. And what they ended up doing was bringing this investigator on, reading him in, saying, here's what's going on. You're now a part of this. Keep your mouth shut. Um, and Wilson was getting this information from these, these individuals who were the gatekeepers. And what I highlighted here was um, in order to be brought into this, special criteria were established in an agreement. Special circumstance that must meet rigorous access criteria set by contractor committee. No U.S. government personnel are to gain access unless they meet the criteria to be, to be administered by contractor committee, program director, attorney, security director, irregardless of the tickets and position U.S. government personnel possessed, literally their way or the highway. What does that mean? This guy was director, deputy director of the DIA, and they were, or, or the director of the DIA, and that wasn't good enough. Um... He, you know, Edward uh, Davis says, what criteria? Wilson responds, I asked for that and they refused to give an answer. I was mad. Implication is now to me, they operate without official oversight or justification, which is a politically dangerous place to be. The threesome concerned with who uh, Wilson had talked to the Pentagon or elsewhere by phone, fax, email, wanted accounting of conversations. They were concerned about new exposure. Uh, the purpose of them meeting with him was to tell him that. They didn't want... Uh, Wilson talking and getting letting the cat out of the bag. Um, they weren't, and he, Wilson saying they weren't going to let me in the door. And Davis asks why. They said my tickets were all confirmed and valid, but I was not on the bigot list. My tickets alone were not enough. I did not meet the special criteria, so need to know authorization was not being granted. Went back and forth with them over these points, primarily with security director and attorney. Uh, Wilson and I argued more. They wouldn't accept my arguments that they felt under my statutory oversight and regulatory authority as Deputy Director DIA, under purview for my right to have a need to know, oversight, audit, justification issues, etc., etc. Regulatory and statutory authority as Deputy Director DIA, not relevant or pertinent to nature of their program. Then they pulled out their bigot list to convince me otherwise. Several pages long, dated 1990 to 1993. So they showed him the list. Uh, and he said, and and Davis asks, who was on it? Do you recognize names? And Wilson responds, that's a core secret. Basically saying, that's classified, I'm not going to tell you. He's willing to say that most were program employees, names and titles, job titles, civilians. Didn't recognize any military personnel could be there. Any politicians? No. No White House names, no president, no congressional people, no congressional staffers. Davis asks, any in Clinton or Bush senior administrations? Wilson, No. But handful of names were Pentagon individuals I recognized, few from ALSTAT, one from another department, another at the NSC who is Pentagon SES employee. Pro program managers said they were not any weapons program, not any intelligence program, not any special ops or logistics program, doesn't fit these categories. I asked what they were then. Loud groan from program managers. Security director and attorney say it's okay to say it. Davis, to say what? Wilson. They were a reverse engineering program. Something recovered years ago in the past. Technological hardware was recovered. So I thought they meant recovered Soviet slash Chinese, etc. Hardware and reverse engineer it like a missile or intel platform or aircraft. 
actually came to meeting expecting to find a sensitive foreign collection and reverse engineering operation thought ufos used to cover for that so he was under the guise he under the belief that they were recovering our adversaries our human adversaries technology and they were just saying this stuff was ufos to cover the existence of the program because nobody would believe it anyway so i said that and they said they weren't that either <clears throat> they had program manager talking a craft an intact craft they believed could fly space air water dimensions was it from overseas or not said no could not be not possible why i asked where did it come from program manager said they didn't know where it was from they had some ideas on this it was technology that was not of this earth not made by man not by human hands so they were trying to understand and exploit technology their program was going on for years and years with very slow progress agonizing slow with little or no success painful lack of collaboration to get help from outside community of experts and facilities to assist effort must remain isolated and use their own facilities and cleared personnel tough environment to work about 400 to 800 bigot list count workers varying in number with funding or personnel changes miller questions asked roswell craft bodies autopsies holloman air force base landing mj-12 and leaked documents zamora and bentwaters etc they were mum they disclined they declined to discuss these uh tw threatened to go to sapsock to complain gain access to the program they said go ahead and do what you must i was angry because they defied my authority to be read in with good logical reason they wouldn't budge their tone was very testy um terse throughout the conversation what was the outcome wilson says the meeting broke up and i returned to washington miller i'm not sure who miller is uh it's in here but i forget but in a previous section up above they said they were upset because miller is the one i believe who spoke with greer and brought greer on board and started giving greer this information um so davis says what about corso and wilson comes back greer talked about corso on april 9th miller showed me the book during two-hour private conversation don't have didn't have time to read it didn't buy a copy didn't bring corso up at the meeting but comparing corso's story to what i learned at the meeting is more than enough to believe corso told the truth about seeing quote alien hardware etc right there it sounds like corso was telling the truth how incredible is that uh, and now i if i've done quite a few podcasts on corso's book it's in that playlist you can find it at six cents media you can find it on soundcloud you can find it on itunes go listen to that and and get the backstory if you haven't done so and i also had the privilege of interviewing phil corso jr um colonel corso's son and he gave us some more insights into who his father was and and his experiences so this is this is um a lot of good a lot of good data on that all right um let's see here he's looking at did you complain to sapsock yes called the subgroup members senior review group members to a meeting at the pentagon uh let's see Be, they told me that they were sustaining the contractor that i was to immediately drop the matter and let it go this is wilson forget about it as i did not have purview over the project it didn't fall within my oversight I became very angry and started yelling. They should, and I should have kept my mouth shut. So Wilson's like, 
how are you telling me I don't have oversight of this? I'm the deputy director of the DIA. And they're like, dude, you need to shut up. Um, Miller and Greer said you nearly got busted. This is Davis saying that. And Wilson responds, close to that. They told Miller, senior review group chairman said, if I didn't follow their suggestion that I would not see director DIA promotion, I would get an early retirement, lose one or two stars along the way. Really incredibly angry, upset over this, livid. Why such a big deal over this, considering the position of trust I have in the Pentagon? I do have relevant regulatory statutory authority over their program. That's my position. Is because funding comes from you or through you or director of DIA? Of course, Secret can't answer. So, um, he was denied and he was threatened. I'm skipping ahead now. He talked to Gansler in January of 98 about my June 97 meetings. He was briefed by someone that surprised him. What did he say? And I don't know who Gansler is, but he says, UFOs are real. So-called alien abductions, not real. Gansler said this. Now, I'm going to tie in what Greer says about PLS, program life forms. Greer says that the abduction scenario is government run, or not government, is secret space program or black budget run. I don't know, man. I'd like to know more about that. Then what are these abductions? Are they PLS? Are they something else? I don't know. All right. Uh, told to drop the matter, no more discussions about it. Davis says, uh, are they willing to talk to how put off and kick green? Discussed who they are in the remote viewing program history. He said that to Wilson. Wilson said he's not familiar with their names, but he did hear about the RV program in 1990. He may want to talk to Hal. He'd think about it. No response on Kit Green. He prefers never to talk to anyone else about this again. Risks exposure. Better to stop talking. Cut it off here. Davis says, keep for private personal research, data collection to track down the story, and ascertain signal noise in the media from government uh, sources. We'll keep his mouth shut, etc., etc. Told Wilson about Mary Elizabeth Elliott. Uh, TRW story, Ingo story, and a 1974 remote viewer woman who went to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base trying to make a connection. <clears throat> Wilson had some feedback. Mary Elliott sounds like a real deal based on her info and behavior with attorney Jeffrey W. Griffith. I'm not sure who Mary Elliott is. Probably will only come totally clean on her deathbed 30 years from now. Don't know about Ingo. Ingo wrote the book <clears throat> Penetration. I did a podcast on that as well, which you can find going through Ingo's findings. And basically, Ingo was brought in by some secret organization to an underground base. He had no idea where it was. And they had him remote view a target on the moon. And Ingo found um, a civilization living there. And then Ingo also, in California, encountered actual entities. um, Aliens, what he was calling them. That they're here walking among us which was interesting. And I listened to a, a recent show by Jeff Rents, and he had, it was about nanotechnology, and he had someone on there claiming that uh, the tall whites are working among us as well. So they may be here. They may be listening to this show. Uh, I asked this seriously and sincerely, would you be willing to grant an interview? I'd love to talk to you. Okay. Let's keep going. Um, Mary Ellett sounds like the real deal based on her info and behavior with the attorney. She probably will not... All right, I read that. Um, Note, 
Wilson asked for a briefing book on my work. This is uh, Davis to send to the papers if I want to. And uh, that's the that's the end of it. I'll have this and the other document for everybody to review. I, I will be going through more of this in a later podcast. Um, this could be huge. I always say proceed with caution. This could be an elaborate deception. Why? I don't know yet. Is this laying the foundation to drive the population in a certain direction to make certain decisions? There's an article. I didn't share it, uh, but I did read it. They're eventually, in the near future, opening up the International Space Station for people to go up there and look around. I was, I was having a conversation with some friends. If we're going to be up there and these UFO are real, people are going to start seeing them more and more. This is coming out. We don't know what they are. I think they've been here for a long time, but if what Greer says is true and valid, some of these craft, a lot of these craft, may may not be alien. They may be reverse-engineered technology from somewhere. For all we know, the term alien, again, could be shrouded in secrecy as another level down in the Matrix, where finally, yes, we got disclosure, aliens are real, but that could be a cover story. That could be something else. It's like, Dennis, can't you be happy, dude? You just got it. You got the answers. They're aliens. They've acknowledged it. No, I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep asking. Maybe they're not. Maybe that is the big deception. That's the genius behind it. All right. I digress. Um, lots of questions, but this is uh, an exciting time to be alive. And uh, scary at times. But I think the more informed and knowledgeable we are, the better decisions we can make to navigate. I, I don't want to see some, this thrown out there like a crisis one day and us be forced to make it to an uninformed decision about what to do, where to go, how to respond. So keep it in mind, my friends. Uh, I think that's all I'm going to cover. Um, you know, some quick plugs here. Again, great content at Sixth Sense Media. .net. I highly encourage you to check that out regularly. Ray Davis's affirmations, he's still doing them daily. 365 days of affirmations. I think that's a great tool to uh, to help keep you focused and grounded. I just did an interview with Ray, I think, last week. It's getting some really good uh, attention. Check that out. Listen to Ray's conversation. I'm going to say it again. I'm Human Food for the Archons. The book's just about ready. Uh, I have uh, I've built a website, a platform for it. Where I'm going to have all the information on how you can buy it, how you can get it. More to come on that. Um, you can find it right now, sixcentsmedia.net slash archons. I'll have more easily available links on the homepage as well with release, release dates, uh, autograph copies, advanced copies, all that stuff that I'm putting together. Sign up for the secret newsletter right now, sixcentsmedia.net slash I am human. You'll get your free copy of I am human and we're not who we think we are, which is book one to food for the archons. It's a quick read. It lays the foundation. It lays the background and the backstory um, and get you ready. If you haven't read it yet, even if you've already read it, go back and reread it. Get it for free as you prepare for Food for the Archons. There will be some paradigm shifts for some of you as you read this book. Um, and I think ultimately will be positive paradigm shifts. Empowering, but also scary. Um, but it's 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 this is a good book, man. This, this, I'm, I'm proud of this. This is, this, is a, this is a big deal, at least for me, obviously. And I want to share it with all of you. So I'm excited. 
uh, to do that. I've got some good guests that I'm working on lining up coming up in, in the uh, you know over the summer as well. So stay tuned for that. If you have experience with UFOs um, or consciousness studies, out of body travel, psychic experiences, I want to talk to you. Get in touch. SixSenseMedia.net. Hit the contact tab. Reach out to me. I want to have you on the show um, and 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 talk about it. I think it makes for a great conversation. I think it's empowering for all of us out there to hear how common these things are. I think that's it. I think I'm done here. Uh, I'll try to get this out tonight. It might not be till tomorrow morning, though. But uh, thank you so much, my friends, for listening. I'm Dennis Nappy II with Six Sense Media. This has been another episode of The Secret Podcast, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change Never stop questioning. Keep an open mind. I'm adding a new piece here. And let your intuition be your guide. Thanks for listening.